Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Flipping Websites podcast. This is episode 28. And on today's show, I've got a great guest, Zach Zorn from moneynomad.com. Zach has only been in the website space for about 18 months, but he's already had great success. It's very impressive how he's uh, built his skill set so quickly. He put his money on the line. He bought a website of Empire Flippers for $49,000 and he successfully sold that for a profit. But before we get into the episode with Zach, I'll give a quick Patey update. I've just realized that it's actually been February, March, over two months since the uh, last episode. I'm really not doing very well in terms of uh, a publishing schedule. Um, but on the flip side, I kind of feel like I'm only putting out good quality content when it's available. Um, if I was you know, trying to publish every week, pretty sure the quality of this podcast would be fairly bad. <laughs> All right, so where was I at last episode? I was offering a website due diligence uh, service for $200 a month, still offering that. I was partnering with investors as the operator. Well, I've actually um, moved away from that. I'm now very, very selective with deals that I'll personally go into and operate the website. And the operator page, which was flippingwebsites.co slash operator, has now become slash operators, where I've now created a matchmaking service where I will have a, a consulting call uh, with investors and advise them on what the best strategy is for uh, for their goal with purchasing websites. A lot of investor deal flow that I've been receiving has been from investors that are wanting to build out larger portfolios and uh, where it wouldn't actually be possible for me to manage all the websites, even if uh, this was something that was going to be my main business. So now I have been um, having uh, a bunch of phone calls with operators uh, similar to myself um, who have been wanting to partner up with investors and are keen to to get involved in this. And so I'm now vetting these guys. I, I'm uh, checking out the credentials, seeing that they've had previous success in terms of building and selling websites or flipping websites. And um, I'm now matching investors with the right operator for their portfolio, for, for what they're trying to achieve. So um, stepping away more from operations now, if there's a great deal with a lot of upside, um, I, I'm still happy to, to get involved, but this is enabling me to be a lot more selective and build kind of like a, an operator marketplace. I'm not too sure how it's going to look. Um, right now, it's just a, an, a, you know, an application page as it previously was, but instead of applying to work with me, which, um, as I said, I will get involved in, in where there's deals with obvious upside, but it's a way for investors to get uh, matched with suitably trained operators. So um, yeah, that's something that I'll be developing going forward. All right, so what have I been up to with Ahrefs since the last episode? And uh, a couple of things. This is not so much a new feature. It still says new. It's uh, a relatively new feature. Is the top subfolders tab under organic search. So this is super useful for finding the top subfolders within um, very popular sites such as Reddit. You can see which are the uh, the top subreddits by uh, top keyword and uh, traffic, and also medium publications, which is something pretty cool. You can see what are the most popular medium, media pub, uh, medium publications and see whether you want to contribute for them. So that is one thing that I think is very powerful. It's a relatively new feature. You should go check it out within Ahrefs. Also, Content Explorer has had a big update and it now shows you content 
that they previously picked up that is now broken, that is now showing a 404. And if you, so you search for a, uh, a keyword relating to your, to your niche, it will show you pages, you can filter by only broken. And then if you install the uh, Wayback Machine Chrome plugin, Chrome extension, um, if a page 404, so you click through from HRS to the page, if it 404s, the Chrome extension for Wayback Machine uh, pops up and uh, then it says click to, uh, well, what did it just tell me? I just quickly did it. What's the actual thing? 404 page, the extension pops up, page not available, click it to see an archived version and it will show you uh, one of the archived versions of the page. So if um, a page ha that is currently 404ing has a bunch of referring uh, domains to it, people linking to it, then you can simply uh, see a previous version of the page, republish, you know, modify the content, but publish it on your site and ask the people linking to it, to the previous page to link to your page. Super useful for link building. I think I'm gonna be doing some of that. So, if you don't have access to Ahrefs, then uh, we still have two copies of the software to uh, two annual subscriptions to give out. This uh, podcast is currently sponsored by Ahrefs, which is ahifs.com. And let's see who has left a review on iTunes recently. And I don't think I've read out a five-star review by Tallymecca, which he, uh, I'm assuming he, I'm not too sure why I'm assuming he. Anyway, Telemecha says, awesome find, five stars. I'm always searching for new podcasts in the space and was really excited to find this one. You can immediately tell that Richard and his guests really know what they're talking about and it's been fun listening and getting new ideas from each episode. Many thanks. Uh, another five-star review from Justin, uh, Justin W1727. And great podcast, keep up the good work, Richard, five stars. Whether you are new to the online business space or have been in the game a while, there's golden nuggets in every episode. Richard combines his experience with guests from industry leaders to share valuable insights into building, growing and flipping online businesses. This is one you don't want to miss. One thing that is different from other podcasts in this category is the topic of how biz, uh, how online businesses fit into entrepreneurs' long-term business and wealth strategy. It's great to hear different perspectives from leaders in this industry. Many thanks, Justin. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode with Zach because we really get into that and how websites um, uh, fit in with, uh, with other investment strategies and, and building wealth. So uh, many thanks for that review. If we look at Twitter, who has been leaving tweets with myself at Richard Patey and at Ahrefs recently, we have one by Rory Snow. And uh, he says, latest episode, my, my previous episode, Pateycast, is worth multiple listens. It includes an accessible walkthrough of due diligence steps to validate sites or ideas, followed by how and why you might want to investigate sites that aren't yet on the market. Many thanks, Rory. And we have one from Ragu. Uh, great episode by Richard Beatty. Do listen. HRS, keep these gems coming. That was uh, referring to a previous episode. All right, so how to decide who gets the annual subscription to HRFs on this episode. And I think I'm just going to pick the most recent tweet or review. And that does appear to be Ragu. So, uh, Ragu, uh, congratulations. Um, I will send you a uh, uh, a message on Twitter 
and uh, congrats, you win the uh, annual subscription to Ahrefs. And I believe I have one left, and I think what I'll do is uh, something within the Facebook group, and uh, so a group member can win there for the final uh, uh, Ahrefs subscription, uh, number 10. So uh, if you're not already a member of the group, uh, I always forget to do this, to do this, so this is good. Uh, search for Flipping Websites on Facebook and join the group. Uh, we're getting close to a 1,000 people now, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I think on the next episode, I'll have an update on the number of downloads for this podcast. So a uh, couple of uh, big updates coming. All right, so without any further ado, let's get to the episode with Zach. Thanks to Ahrefs again for sponsoring this episode. And the show notes are at flippingwebsites.co slash moneynomad. Hey, how's it going, Zach? Hey, how are you? I'm good. Whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in California. Where in California? San Diego. I've not been that far south, but, uh, you know, nice place uh, to live. I've got a buddy who's been on the podcast, Kevin Koskella. He's uh, a big fan of living there, so very nice. So, yeah, we'll go through your backstory uh, and how you got into buying and selling websites, but uh, your current project is moneynomad.com, and I had a, a look through your articles, and you're definitely into investing generally and not just websites. Correct. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think being diversified is really important. Um, but, but as I've been getting more involved in the website space, I've just seen such great returns. I mean, as have you. Um, so that's kind of my mission is to help spread that word. Yeah. I'll link up to the um, podcast episode with Spencer at nichepursuits.com that you did. Um, and so I kind of, I personally know uh, your backstory, how you got into the space, but it, it's pretty uncommon because you, you hadn't really built WordPress content sites before purchasing quite a major one, yeah? That's correct. I had pretty much no website. I, I had a drone business where I used like a Wix website creator to create a website at one point, and that was about the extent of my website experience. But I knew that, I, I had a feeling, I have a willingness to learn so I think anybody, if you are driven to learn, there's so many resources on the internet about whatever topic you want to learn, whether it's welding or website development, you have the resources at your fingertips for virtually free to be able to learn how to do it. And I was like, well, I have the resources, I have the time, I have the desire, I think I can learn how to do this. What had you been investing in up to that point? Uh, just stocks and bonds, you know, or not, I mean, like mutual funds, things like that, um, Nothing, nothing very fun, but just reliable investments that grew seven to fifteen percent, depending on the year. But there just wasn't. You just put the money in, and that's about it. You, there's no nothing hands on. You're not learning. Um, basically, someone else is just managing the money for you. Yeah. So there's fun in that. I mean, I'm a lot older than you. I'm late thirties. Let's just leave it. Leave it there. Um, but uh, I'm still definitely in capital accumulation phase. So, you know, six, seven percent, um, like that's great when, I, when I've actually reached my capital goal. But I imagine you're, you're probably the same, which is, was that the motivation to get into, into flipping and be able to, you know, massively increase the amount of capital? Um, I, I think yeah, the story was you bought a site for about 60. Uh, no, hang on. You bought it for 40, 49 and then sold it for 65, something like that. Bought it for forty. It was listed at sixty. Yeah, uh, that was I, it. I bought it for forty nine. Yep. I then flipped it for seventy five, and made thirteen thousand dollars in commission during that time, plus thousands of dollars worth of free product that companies yeah. would send us to review because it was a review website. 
That's cool. So, uh, yeah, like 40 grand you made. So almost like 100%, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. sweet. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm focused on. Like, I want to increase my my capital. So uh, have you, after that, you purchased um, your, your current blog that you're building at moneynomad.com. Are you looking to continue? Uh, are you still actively looking for sites to, to flip and to put more money into this space? Yeah, so some people might not know that every Monday, Empire Flippers releases their new batch of listings. Um, so I'm always online. It's 7 a.m. Pacific time on Monday. So I'm online then looking for another investment. But also, from time to time, if, if I'm on the internet and I've stumbled across someone's website or blog that I find interesting, that might be, that I just think is underperforming based on what I'm seeing, I'll send them an email and be like, hey, are you interested in selling your site? I have some experience. Let me know. And I probably get a 20% response rate doing that. Very so cool. I, I don't know if that's a tactic a lot of people use, but everything's always for sale at the yeah. right number, right? I agree. It's a tactic that I use. No, I don't think many people are doing that. What's your subject line? Ooh. Because um, I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, it's still very limited sample size. I haven't done this uh, huge amount yet, but um, I kind of feel like I'm getting a 40 to 50% response rate um, just from saying, you know, I or whoever I'm representing is interested in, in your site. Uh, you know, really? we're interested in the site. Uh, are you interested in selling question mark or something? Yeah, I haven't done too much testing or A-B testing, but yeah, the response rate that I've been getting is, uh, it's been quite incredible. I'm trying, and maybe the problem is I'm going after sites that are, that maybe are a little too dead where the site owner has really just kind of fallen off and isn't paying much attention to it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, because that's what I was kind of looking for, you know, where there wasn't consistent content, where it just seems like someone had it at one point and just kind of, they're not, they're just kind of over it. That's a very good point. Have you had any success so far or got to a, like a negotiation stage with anyone? Well, that's how I found Money Nomad actually. Ah, cool. So that was a private party sale um, just between the seller and I, but I was, I felt confident to do a private party sale because I had just gone through the Empire Flippers um, sale buying and selling. Yep. So I kind of knew the process and knew what to look for. And it made it really seamless to do it on our, by ourselves. Very cool. Did you use a contract or was it just escrow.com? Just escrow.com. We had in writing what would be included, but that was about, and, and within the escrow contract, you can kind of put the assets that are to be included in some terms. Yeah. So we just outlined uh, that in escrow. That's good. Was there a separate contract a separate separate piece of uh, of paper that you both signed or was it just all within escrow it was all just when with an escrow and i feel like you can kind of get a feel for we the the seller and i had a bunch of conversations and i think you can just tell hey is, is, is this person a good guy or gal or you know or is it throwing some red flags yeah what what are some red flags or what are your top red red flags uh, in, in your experience so far for me, I've been previously burned on a deal where the seller said there were no PBNs and there were ended up being hundreds used um, yeah. that he had removed just before selling. Um, so I've got a lot better at spotting PBNs. Um, so that's one for me. I'm wondering if you've got a process or what, what your top few would be. You know, And again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not anti-PBN, but I'm anti someone saying they don't use one and not telling you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you sh full disclosure, right? Like that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for full disclosure, whether good or bad. I just want full transparency. Um, 
is, is the person being willing to give you Google Analytics access, maybe read only, without hesitation? Are they willing to put together a PL with hesitate without hesitation and answer any of your questions and provide screenshots? Those sort of things where if they're dragging their feet, it might be of why are they dragging their feet? Like are they trying to hide something? Um, do they not have the answer? Something like that would be concerning. Yeah. So if someone's willing to provide everything in a timely manner, um, I, I think that's a great start. Yeah, I agree. So you're currently focused on building up Money Nomad um, into, it looks like, you know, an authority site in terms of making money online and yeah. um, travel. And uh, yeah, again, I'm jealous at what stage you are at your life. <laughs> like my, my nomadic days are behind me. But um, are you looking to, to acquire other sites or are you just going to be focusing on, on building this into a much bigger site? I would really like, well, so I would like to acquire more sites, but my hesitation with that is, if I acquire more acquire more sites, it's going to take focus away from Money Nomad, and I've seen the growth that it's had in just the last six months of me like really working hard. Um, I think at some point I'd really like to assemble a team, maybe of just like two or three guys, where we could have a portfolio of, of four sites. We're not in over our head. We're able to focus and deliver on all four sites or so, and just produce awesome content. I don't want to get spread too thin, and then none of the sites do well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, uh, get a team involved in people who are, who are doing similar to you or pool funding or? People that are doing similar that, that want to work on these web assets and they just have a passion for it. And I think if we could either, if I could find people in San Diego where we could actually work together in person, that would be awesome. Yeah. Or even just virtually. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Facebook group that I've created is, is a pretty good place in terms of there's a lot of people building building sites in there. But I agree. I mean, I, I live uh, in a city east coast of, of England, and I've only ever met one other guy who um, has built and sold, sold websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so creating a meetup is, is not going to happen in terms of, in terms of that. <laughs> I imagine in San Diego, you'd have a much, much better, better shot. Um, you've got the Traffic and Conversion Summit. Is that always in San Diego? You know, I don't know. I'm not I, sure either. Um, I, I haven't been to any of these conventions, so that's kind of my goal for this yeah. year, 2020. Just start going to networking more in person because I, I don't know if you and a lot of other people experience this, but I just spend a lot of time in my room by myself on my computer. And I don't, I wouldn't say depressing. It's just like it just gets old and um, not, not very motivating just by yourself in a room typing away on a keyboard. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And just be, be with other people, whether they're working on the same project or not, I just think it would be beneficial. Yeah, I agree. When I got into entrepreneurship, SEO and client work, um, I found it a very lonely process and I ended up going to coffee shops every day and ended up as that, as my office and wrote a book about that. Um, so I totally get it. Are you part of um, the Rodian, Week, Rodian community on Facebook? I'm just having a look. Uh, no, I'm not. No, cool. So yeah, a guy called Chris Yates has set up this thing called Rhodium. And uh, okay. once a year they have Rhodium Weekend. It's an annual gathering. I think, you know, you would be totally ideal. Um, I'll see if I can introduce you or I'll, I'll link to the to the group after this call. And uh, yeah, I, I should be heading there this uh, this October, once a year in October. It will be my first Rhodium Weekend. And it's a group of people who are building and buying and, and investing in uh, in websites. So um 
yeah, these groups, they do exist. It takes a little bit of time to find them. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely do exist. I just, I just took a note of that. I mean, and it takes like talking to people like you that have been in the space longer to make people like me aware of these groups, um, which is great. Like, like you said, they, they can be hard to find and know which ones like, which ones are, are really high quality and which ones like, you know, there, there's not much activity and things like that. Yeah, man. So yeah, with Money Nomad, uh, when did you, when did you buy that? Um, June of 2018. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm coming up to a year. And so how, how long had it existed uh, after you, you purchased it? How long had it been around? Uh, it started in late 2014 or early 2015. Okay. So it had some longevity. The owner, the original owner, um, I'm the second owner, he really focused on traveling and making money kind of doing freelance work. Mm-hmm. And he then started another site where this one kind of was pushed on the back burner, but I really liked the name. I thought the content was well written and I thought I could use it. It was a great base for me to start building off of it. Even though I'm not really talking about travel all that much, um, there's some overlapping content. Yeah. So I figured that the audience base would be uh, would be suitable. Yeah, definitely. These like fire blogs, uh, financial independence, retire early, nomad, travel, um, finance, personal finance blogs, they're, they're really huge. And they're really popular with investors. So a lot of the investors that I've had phone calls with who are looking to build their portfolios, a bunch of them are interested in, in that niche and, and finding sites in this area. So it's a popular one in terms of, you know, like consumer interest in, in, the, in the topics, mm-hmm. but also investors who are personally interested. And there's a lot of people who have, you know, regular kind of corporate day jobs who are investing completely passively. They're interested in acquiring sites that I think get them closer to uh, the kind of lifestyle that they want. Absolutely. And the, the, fin- the finance retirement niche, it's, it's pretty saturated. There's a lot of people talking about it, which is why I kind of wanted to take this different approach of website investing and talk about like the atypical um, ways to make money that people might not have heard before. Because mm-hmm. I really just want to deliver value that that other people maybe aren't delivering. Yeah, it makes sense. I had a quick look at your keywords and, and, and your top pages. Um, it'd be cool to have a, a chat about ways that you're, you're building traffic and, uh, and monetizing. Uh, yeah, some of your keywords have got very high keyword difficulty, which is kind of cool. I mean, the, where, you know, in the past, like I would start niche sites and I'd only look for low competition. But now in terms of the, you know, the, the SEO aspects that I, I've got really skilled at and that I focus on, I'm looking for, for the biggest competition now. And uh, otherwise, it doesn't really feel worth the, the, the time investment. I feel like I can compete and so I'm looking for, for, for bigger competition and much higher volume keywords. And um, looking at uh, Money Nomad and Ahrefs certainly looks like you're targeting some, some very big keywords, which is cool. Um, it's a longer term uh, play. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm done with the you know, answering low competition, low volume approach. I'd, I'd much rather focus on, on building sites uh, over a longer time frame that have much bigger upside. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I got to the point a couple month, a month or two ago where I was like, you know what? I think I can go after these big volume keywords. So maybe we can have a conversation about it later when it actually happens. But I have a little case study for myself where I'm targeting a highly popular keyword that a lot of big 
bank websites like Bankrate, um, yeah. I think maybe Investopedia are targeting, but I think I can rank for it. So I'm slowly moving up. I'm like rank 13, I think right now, yeah. but I'm trying to break top 10 and we'll see. Very cool. So yeah, I mean, your, your content is strong. Are you writing most of it? Yeah, I, uh, yep. I, I'm writing all of it. I've with, with the tech review website that I sold, the content was written by writers mm-hmm. uh, that would receive the product for free. And mm-hmm. then in exchange, they would write the review, get the product. And then I tried hiring like a writers off Upwork. Yep. And I had some great, great writers, things like that. But I just felt like the articles would convert better when I wrote them. Um, I don't know if that was maybe because I had poor, poor freelance hiring strategies or just that because I have the burning passion for it, it comes across in my writing and a reader can engage with it better. I agree. Yeah, like I've discussed previously on the on the podcast about how I feel in terms of building a team and I've, I've tried it a bunch of times in terms of hiring writers and hiring VAs and link builders. And um, I've always felt that I can do things better myself, which is yeah. not necessarily a reason to do it. But I do like the idea of actually writing the best content that, that you can write and having a smaller number of pages tar- targeting much higher keywords. And again, mm-hmm. not going for a volume play. So what a lot of people do is they go for low competition and they can outsource that. They can they can give a writer a keyword and the level of, of the content doesn't have to be that high um, in order to, to rank if, if you're you know, strong with, with guest posting or if you use PBNs or other tactics and you know how to rank pages. The content doesn't have to be great. Yeah. But... If you're going after really big keywords, it does. It does have to be the best. And yeah, I like getting into into niches now that I can be the one who, who writes the, the content. And again, if you're not going after like a hundreds of pages play and you're, you're really targeting and you're going for, for a big pages approach, I, I think it makes the most sense to actually yeah. write, it, write it yourself or, or pick a site that you can acquire. Talking about operators, not talking about investors with a passive play, but you know, finding something that you are interested in that you can write the best content about. I think that is, I think that actually gets the best result. Absolutely. And I've shifted my focus the last six months from to uh, quality over quantity. That, and which is what you kind of, you just said. Yeah, definitely. And also in, in terms of the Google index as well, less is more. If you have less top quality pages, um, it's far better than having hundreds, if not thousands of, of pages where of questionable content in terms of thin content or, um, you know, not great, uh, you know, like on page statistics in terms of Google analytics. If you have you know smallest number of pages that have great stats, low bounce rate, you know, yeah. bounce rate, you know, is, is debatable, but you know, great on page, um, and really, you know, fulfilling what the what the reader is is looking for. That's what's going to get you the results. That's what's going to rank top, and uh, that's what's going to best perform in uh, in the Google index. So, uh, yeah, for me, less definitely makes more uh, in terms of the competition level, and also in terms of uh, sorting out the Google index, which is one of the the major things that I do when I take on a new site. I, I look look for a lot of trash, a lot of pages that shouldn't be in the index that that mm-hmm. should be removed. Well, and one thing, so when I bought Money Nomad, I, in Ahrefs, I created, you can create lists of like keywords that you find. And I had this huge list of, of keywords that had pretty low difficulty, but that could bring in a lot of traffic for like article ideas. And the list was so big that I kind of just froze and didn't even know like how to begin tackling it. 
because it was like 70 keywords long of just ideas. Mm-hmm. And then I finally took a step back and like, well, I'm going to focus on what I know and what I know I can deliver well. So I don't know if a lot of people are kind of struggling with, with having so many different ideas for topics. If that's the case, I would say pick the area that you know you can deliver excellent on and start there. Yep. I totally agree. Do you have a particular backlink strategy that you favor over any other for getting links to those inner pages that you really want to rank? I just write guest posts. I, I mm-hmm. pitch some pretty, uh, some pretty, pretty big websites, and um, in my pitch, I just try to be super real and offer content that is beneficial, not spammy or anything like that. Just truly great content, and that's how I pick up most of my quality backlinks. Do you go after a minimum level of domain rating in Ahrefs? I do. I. I probably about above 25. I used to go from like 25 to 45. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, you know what, let me see if I can start going after some of these 60 to 75 domain rating websites. Yep. Sure enough, I got a couple responses. And uh, they, they loved my article ideas. So how that usually works is they, they like the idea, they'll be like, hey, send us an outline, you send them an outline, you either get that approved or go back and forth. And then you send them the actual article. It's kind of a long process, actually. Some of these big websites, they have big editorial schedules, and it could be uh, two months maybe before you uh, your article even goes live, um, if it does. Yeah. How are you finding these sites in the first place? How are, you, how are you researching? Is it competitor research or niche-related, looking up in Google, trying to find sites, or do you use software that helps you? A little bit of everything. So if, say, I'm searching for a topic um, – and then I just keep seeing this one site over and over again. Uh, and I'll reach out to them if they seem if they seem like they allow guest posts or things like that. Or I use Ahrefs and I'll do competitor analysis: who's linking to some of my competitors' websites, um, or who Ahrefs has a content explorer where you can search like a specific niche yep. and see which websites are talking about it. And then you now have websites that you can pitch if you're talking about similar uh, content. That's cool. Do you, do you do any skyscraper outreach as well? Do you create content on your sites and, and try to get them to link to it first? Or is it uh, just pitching guest posts from, from the start? Um, I've started to do more, hey, I wrote this article. Um, I've watched a lot of the HRF YouTube videos mm-hmm. where Sam O talks about like link building and finding broken links to other people's websites, having them replace it with yours. And so the last month or so, I've been experimenting more with that. And I've actually gotten pretty good results. Um, I don't know the actual percentage. I have an Excel sheet that I track who I email and who I pick up a link from. It's it's not great, but uh, you I, you got to send a lot of emails to get responses and people to do it. Yeah. But I, it's well worth the time investment. Uh, with the broken link building stuff, are you trying to get links to the to your money pages that you want to rank or... Um, any any links uh, is, is you're happy with that approach? No, I would like the money pages that I'm trying to get to link. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'll I'll take a link to the homepage if it's if it's between that and no link, um, but ideally the the money pages. Do you use any email software to automate that, like Mailshake or or anything, or uh, is it still quite manual? And, and the thing is, there's nothing wrong with manual. Like you get better personalized results from from manually emailing you know very high value target sites you know i'm still all manual for that very reason yeah 
I, I just feel like there is a sense. So with Money No Ad, I get pitched, I don't, 30, 50, um, a link. People pitch me every day for to include their article um, in my website. Yeah. As I'm sure you get tons of emails. And you can tell which ones are just like templated or which ones someone actually took the time to write based on you know, them looking at my background and money nomad yep. and the people that I can tell actually took the time to pitch me. I'm much more inclined to work with them than the template. And do are people pitching to have, um, their link replace an existing link or just to add, uh, their link to the, to the page? Is anyone aggressive enough to, to call out someone's existing link and try and have it replaced? Yeah, that happens every day. <laughs> I, I get guest post pitches their link replacement and just adding my link. Yeah. Um, and this gal, this gal emailed me and actually found a couple broken links that I was linking. She must have watched like an Ahrefs video yeah. or something. And sure enough, I replaced the broken link with hers just, just because I the effort. I know what it takes to find it and do it. And I was like, well, you know, I want to reward her for taking the time to do it. Yeah, that's cool. It does work. Yeah, but personal. Yeah. It has to be personalized. You're right. Um, just having a template and getting someone's first name and, and site name and putting it into uh, a mail merge type uh, software, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't get great results. I, I've tried it. I've tried scaling it. I think you know, a couple of years ago, uh, it still worked really well. Um, but yeah, 2018, 2019. Now, uh, the, the scaling, the outreach has has not worked for for me. So yeah, I like personalized outreach. Um, as well as using other people's services to, to do link building for you. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's very hard to scale if you haven't already set up systems that, that work. Yeah, Money Nomad, you're looking to, to build for the longer term. Are you still actively looking for other sites uh, where you could get a good deal on them to, to purchase and to build up as well? Or are you trying to just focus on, on the one site right now? No, I'm, I'm always looking. You know, it's... I think a savvy investor uh, needs to always be aware, whether it's real estate or whatever it is, even if you just close a deal, always uh, always be looking around for that next one because you don't know when that uh, gem could pre- present itself. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just time when you're, sometimes you're looking harder than others. I think even oftentimes it's times when you're not looking that hard that you get presented with a golden opportunity. Um, so I always try to keep some money um, pretty liquid so that if the opportunity does arise, I can just pull a trigger without hesitation. Yep. Because as you and I both know, quality sites, if they're publicized, can sell within hours of uh, coming up for sale. Yep. Like uh, the website I sold, I had my first offer about 10 hours after it was l- listed. We went back and forth, and within 24 hours, um, we'd come to an agreement and it was marked as sold. Yep. So that's just well- insane. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, especially with Empire Flippers. Yeah, they go very, very quickly. So do you have a, a criteria? Do you have a checklist uh, that you filter through for any new listings or any uh, potential sites that you may see in terms of, of, of creating an off-market deal? Um, do you have like a, a niche that it has to be within? Do you have uh, size of traffic or yeah. uh, when you find out revenue, a certain minimum level or maximum level of revenue? Do you have a, uh, a checklist or a criteria? I do, actually. So after... Buying two now and selling one, I had a thought process that I wasn't really even aware of that I would just kind of go through looking at P&Ls and Google Analytics, but I just 
compiled a five-page, like 1,800-word buyer's checklist. People can go download it at moneynomad.com forward slash checklist. And it's basically, it walks through my entire thought process, um, looking at every single aspect of a site to determine if it's a good investment or not. But really, I'm not, I don't really care about the level of traffic. I want to just more see consistency. Um, big spikes up or down scare me. Uh, slowly trending down doesn't really scare me that much. It's the big fluctuations that can be um, concerning, at least to me. And originally when I was starting to look, I was looking for niches that I personally were interested in and then realized, well, why do I have to be personally interest, interested in it? Um, as long as the, the niche is profitable, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's something that I don't have experience with. As long as I know I can add value to the site, um, it could be a mom blog if I think I can add value to it, um, even though you know I'm not a mom blogger. I, I, actually, I just put it together um, because I wanted to share it. And I don't know if it's not a one-size-fits-all type of checklist, but the whole point of it was to help someone that's never bought a website really just get in the right mindset of what to look for. So maybe someone's never even thought about checking um, which assets come with the website or, or here's a better example. Was the website um, a different domain name a couple years ago and are they redirecting to a new domain name? If mm-hmm. that's the case, does the old domain name come with the website with the purchase or yeah. no? Yeah. Like that's one example of something that if you haven't experienced yet, you wouldn't know to even question. And so I'm just hoping that by the checklist, people can even come up with their own ideas or it can just spark something like, oh, you know what? That that makes me think of this that I can use to make this website better. That's very cool. Yeah, definitely be linking to that in the show notes after you've opted in. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> so, so with new sites, when, when the opportunity comes up, are you looking to continue to... Um, to purchase and hold and build up these properties or would new sites be more for flipping? I would say more for flipping. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's case by case, but I'm in the mindset of flipping right now just because demand is so high with these websites. If, if you, I'm looking for websites from the 30 to $70,000 range mm-hmm. just because I've seen the demand those sites sell on Empire Flippers at least like instantly in that yeah. price range. And maybe the six-figure ones do, but I don't track those as much. But I know that if I bought a site for 35 and sold it for 50 a couple months, there's a chance it's sold before I can wake up in the morning. Yeah. Are you looking to go for a double? So at 70000 uh asset price, multiples are going really going up at the moment. So if we say a site can sell at 35x, which is high, yeah. but let's go for that. That's 2K a yeah. month. So are you looking to buy sites that are currently doing 1K a month and double and, and get out? Is is that what you're looking for? Or are you looking to go for a, a couple of doubles and, and buy a, a much smaller asset with upside and uh, double it twice and, and then sell? You know, I would really, I, I'd like to just double and then get out. Yep. Um, I, th- I don't want to, I, I like the idea of not having money tied up for too long. You get it in there for four, six months or whatever it is, get it out and Me do too. another one. Yep. Um, I mean, a- anything can change with ranking algorithms. Both our sites could lose rank tomorrow for whatever reason. Yep. Um, so I like to mitigate my exposure. Me too. I like it. Exactly. Um, I aim for like a, a double every year that I hold an asset. 
really? it's a very common question from investors in terms of uh, you know, what is the upside? What is a realistic expectation? And so that's kind of like the answer that, that I've, that's where I've ended up That's in terms of the answer giving. But with these quicker flips, yeah, I, I like the idea of, uh, of getting in, maybe not necessarily going for a double, but go in, add my skill set, wait three months, see if there's upside and then, and then sell as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, from, from my understanding, reputable brokerages like, like in flippers would look for, uh, you know, six months of, of new upside to, to, you know, to give uh, a, a high valuation. Have you uh, any thoughts on that? What do you think is the, the quickest time frame that you could buy a site, uh, in, uh, potentially double it and, uh, and then sell at the new uh, higher cash flow level? Um, do you have like a, a time frame that you think is, is practical? Uh, for me personally, I think like nine months is kind of the minimum if you actually go for a double, but I know people are buying and selling sites a lot sooner than that. What's, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the one that I did was four months. Um, and yeah, I, I heard mixed things at the time when I resubmitted it for sale. Um, Empire Flippers didn't say that they had a six month requirement. And then I found out after that they did, but someone said they didn't, someone said they did. So I don't know. They said they were going to revisit the rule or not. Um, but no, it was it was four months for that website. But I think six to nine months is is the right amount of time. It, this one just happened to be the right situation where profitability escalated really quickly. What was the average use? Was it an average of the last six months so that it would be slightly lower if you would have held it a couple more months? You could have got more. Or um, did you have any any perspective on that? Let me. I can actually tell you in just a second here. Let me let me pull it up. Cool. Um, it's hard to to get results much quicker than that. I do see people who are buying and selling sites very quickly in, in, as well as in the Facebook group. It looks like people are doing um, what you would call exchange arbitrage in the crypto world, you know, buying from one brokerage and selling on another. Um, mm-hmm. That is uh, one way of uh, doing arbitrage in terms of the multiples. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, you've got to invest some time. You're not going to get instant changes in traffic with... Um, with, with conversion rate, you can get instant changes, uh, you know, within a month or, you know, or a lot sooner, you know, if you improve the, uh, the conversion rate or elements of, of, of top pages and, and tweak things, you, you can get instant yeah. results in terms of revenue, but you still have to wait a number of months for that yeah. to factor into the valuation. So, um, so yeah, we, we took a 10 month average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so four of those months were pretty high. Well, when when he when the gentleman sold it, it was just coming. It was tech review website, so December was a good month too because of uh, Christmas time, and so was November mm-hmm. because before the holidays. So it had those two really good months, and then it had my four months of really good profitability. So right there was like good six months, yeah, um, which helped bring the the valuation up. But what I want to touch on real quick, what I was able to. So you're talking about increasing like. I think user experience is really important. Can you make, can you increase the user experience by making a more elegant looking website or cleaner website? I think that right there is a huge factor Mm -hmm. in retaining someone on the site. And then also I, I kind of talked about another podcast, but I removed Google ads from the website and went out and sold ads directly to the manufacturers and retailers that I was promoting on the website um, so like seeing big tech retailers, I would reach out to their marketing team and pitch them 
um, like an ad package, a monthly ad package. And that proved to be way more profitable than running the Google ads. Yeah, I heard that. That was, uh, that was great. I haven't done much direct selling. Um, I haven't personally done that. I've been involved with sites that, that do direct selling as well as programmatic. But um, I mean, that could be a strategy. A lot of people are buying AdSense sites. And if it has high traffic, they're applying to Mediavine, going from $3 um, of uh, revenue per thousand impressions, a uh, thousand visits to like six, eight, ten, twelve. 10, 12. Um, that is definitely something that you can do, but you could get there immediately, if not a lot higher. Do you know, because um, I remember you saying on Spencer's podcast, you were selling for like 200, 300, 400 dollars a month. Um, yeah. Did you actually measure in terms of like revenue per thousand, um, what you were able to achieve? I didn't know, but um, yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be really interesting to know, actually. Uh, I'm going to go back and do that today. That yeah. would be because I, I imagine think... it would be as good, if not higher, than even the top networks like AdThrive. I think that caps out about fourteen. Okay. Um, so that'd be really interesting to know, actually. Um, like RPM revenue per thousand visits, um, in terms of page views, is something that I I look at with new Empire Flippers uh, listings in terms of like what is the average, um, what is the average rev monthly revenue, and then what is the average page views, and divide mm -hmm. one by the other and then divide by a thousand and uh, you can you can get a rough indication of how much the site is is earning based on traffic compared to other sites yeah. um so yeah this RP rpm amount i'll explain it better in the show notes but um you can start comparing sites and uh and seeing where where optimizations can be made and where there's opportunities like for example if an amazon associate site is earning 300 dollars for every thousand people um, that's pretty high. There's probably not a lot of upside there, but if it's earning less than a hundred, then you can definitely, you know, you kind of quickly know that you could do things with tables or there's some kind of upside there. So, um, that's, you know, people have debated with me whether that's a useful stat or not, but I like comparing this RPM metric from site to site. You know, what's interesting is I've never looked at it that way, but like we've both been successful and there's so many different ways that you can look and find opportunity and it all, it, it changes per person, right? Like how you look at things. I just think it's really interesting that you can take multiple approaches and come to the same conclusion. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? That's kind of, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's very cool. So you'd be looking for additional sites to, to flip. I think it makes sense holding one site, and working on one site for the longer term and flipping other sites. Um, you minimize the, the downside in terms of algorithm updates. You maximize the amount of capital that you're, that you're increasing. You can go for bigger flips or more flips. Um, I like that idea. And, and also you, you don't have, you know, your attention isn't diverted um, yeah. working on a crazy number of, of sites at once. Um, however, I'm aware that you are interested in potentially doing some operations for, um, for investors as, as well. I, I am. So going back to wanting to be able to work with other people, I, I think it would be a awesome opportunity to work um, side by side an investor and help bring up one of their investments um, and be the guy to do it, but also showing them like how to do it in the process if they're interested or just bouncing ideas back and forth um, and kind of just working side by side, but being the hands-on guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I could add a lot of value and just, I think it'd be an enjoyable experience for both the investor and me. So that's something that you and I've been talking about the last month or so. 
um, that I want to get more into doing. And I know there's lots of guys that do it, um, that have companies, that have holdings and things like that. Um, I like to get to that point and just slowly work my way up to it. Lots of guys that are, are buying these sites or lots of operators, do you mean? A lot, lots of operators. Like um, investors will go to them and then they, they run the site and bring yeah. it up and, you know everybody is making pretty good uh, returns yeah i think it's i think it's 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 still in its infancy i think it's growing quickly there's more demand from because there's there's more investors coming to the space there's not a huge number of operators that i'm aware of like i keep a trailer list for everything um mm-hmm. and uh, i don't think i'm aware of more than 10 different individuals or or people who are building businesses around this um, so I think it's a great time to get in and yeah, I've got no doubt that you would be successful help working, partnering up with investors. Um, I'm getting a good amount of deal flow from this podcast and the Facebook group and, and content that I've written in terms of investors reaching out and wanting help with, um, with someone managing their asset that for them, um, people mm-hmm. that haven't purchased yet that, uh, are wanting, uh, help to, um, to do due diligence on their, on, on the right purchase and then also have someone in place immediately to run the asset. So I think this is only going to, um, to increase and it's great to, to know people like yourself that I'm confident, um, you know, recommending you to, to investors that, uh, are reaching out to me and, uh, you know, potentially coming up with some kind of matchmaking service or page or offering, um, this is, is definitely proving popular. And also I only have so much time available myself. Yeah, and uh, I want it, to yeah do less operations and and so having uh, other interested people who are looking to operate these sites coming to me is great. Um, yeah, I think I think it could be really good. Well, we you know we talk like like we talk pretty uh, casually about these sorts of website improvements and things, um, and from the outside perspective, it seems pretty easy and straightforward. Which I mean, it's fairly straightforward, but there's a there's a lot of time involved on the back end before we can even like have these conversations of success. Yeah. There is hundreds and thousands of hours behind a keyboard, um, to even allow me like me to even be talking to you about this right now, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like I've been doing this since like I've been working online and working with websites, quit my job in 2009, but really messed around for a, for a while. I sell graphic design. I, I, I built some bad looking websites in terms of like SEO and, and understanding how to drive traffic and how to uh, generate money online and stuff like that. It wasn't really until 2012, 13 that I started really getting into it. So if we call it even late, like 2013, where I, I felt like finally I've got a skill set and I kind of know what I'm doing, like mm-hmm. six more years <laughs> have gone by and it's just, there's been so much to learn and so much that compounds and, and now I only feel, you know, like I'm expert at just one thing, and that's um, content and SEO. Um, yeah. Even I, I'm aware of all the other aspects. Like, that, like it's taken six years of just focusing on that one thing to really be aware of how easy it is to screw up a site. I mean, people, <laughs> I, I'm aware of so many people that that buy a site um, and then put a new homepage on it, and then that their, their rankings just get destroyed because they've they've removed all the internal links that were going to the main pages. Um, yeah. There are so many, I mean, like search Google search console, it's so easy to, to click a setting and, and then lose your traffic in terms yeah. of if you're doing international targeting or if you, if you mess up a redirect, if you go to SSL, it's so easy to lose like 80% of your traffic and, and not be able to get it back uh, with, with any kind of ease or any kind of quickness. <laughs> like, um, I haven't seen 
Yeah, it's it's, scary. it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking when you're when you're going in and uh, messing with things. Like yeah, the it's there's no kind of like overall guide to like how to, um, you know how to build or how to kind of like take over an asset or how to get an asset. I, I guess how to like purchase an asset and 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 be aware of all the all the things that could screw it up. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there's so many web developers. Um, they're not aware of how to set up redirects properly, how to do Google Search Console. There's no kind of like overall course that covers all of this. You just have mm-hmm. to learn it um, and hopefully be the one that, that doesn't break it on, on sites that you're involved with. And if you do, you know, uh, you, know you, you know not what to do next time. But this happens at the highest level of, of operations. There's so many pieces that you need to, to know. Um, it takes a long time to, to get there. So um, it's definitely, definitely demand. There's definitely... In my experience, in terms of sites that I've sold to to, uh, to buyers, like I answer all all the questions and uh, I want them to succeed, but then I, I look back six months and a year later, they've changed something pretty fundamental, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like a, a new page is competing with an old page, or they they, they change really? an aspect that I just know is going to like you know be detrimental be detrimental, and um, so yeah, it's uh, having experience. And working it out yourself, like like you've done, you're self-taught. You've you've done this by putting your own money at risk. You've learned. Yeah. Um, it's a real skill, and as you know, like there's so much more money coming into this space from people that have no experience and who want to be passive investors and or want to be you know actually learn from someone who, who's a successful hands-on operator. Um, yeah, this kind of people. I think people will start will um, soon actually be doing this as their main business, you know, partnering up with investors as the operator, I think could be a valid profession. Um, yeah. On a recent podcast, episode 26 with Ewan, with Al Mountain, that's something that he's doing. He's building uh, a, a structure to get other operators involved. And uh, he's got a lot of money behind him purchasing sites. And yeah, I can only see this increasing more. So yeah, I think we're right at the start in terms of people being aware that as an op- as a successful operator, they have a, an in-demand skill set, yeah. and uh, yeah, I see a lot of upside available. Yeah, and see, like my personality is, I want to learn how to figure out how to do it myself. That's like just me. I'm sure there's other people like like that that are listening. And if that's the case, and you're like, well, I don't really just want to be an investor. I want to try to do it myself. I just want to highlight that I literally didn't have experience doing SEO website stuff prior to beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. So someone could really do it if they if they have the time i'm i'm encouraging someone to to if they have self confidence and can trust themselves they can go out and do it 100% um, yeah I, I think you're a bit of an anomaly a bit of an outlier um, in terms of that because i mean you put your own money at risk and so it made you yeah. have to to learn this um, Correct. It, it a lot of people it, it takes a, a lot of time you can read you know, hundreds of, of blog posts and feel like you're not really getting anywhere, especially if you're building a new site yourself and, and it's a real slow, slow burn to get traffic. And so, you know, you know, new backlink strategies or new conversion rate stuff doesn't, you know, it takes forever to, to kind of show whether you're having success, but totally. you, you bought a site where you could play around and instantly see what worked and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you really, you risk your own capital and you and you, you had to, have it work for you. So that really sped up your process. You, um, it, it, there's that approach. You can you know, put your money at risk and, you know, really go all in for, for six months to a year, or you could just like, you know, just only invest your time and, and probably do it 
you know, what I did and spend six years getting to uh, a similar level. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and another thing is, so you always read that you should get you Pinterest is a great way to get traffic. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all, all these other platforms are great ways to get traffic. And they definitely are hundred percent. But I looked at it like, Oh man, I'm not doing any of that. I need to get involved with all of it. Um, if I want to build up my site. And then I realized that I spread myself too thin mm-hmm. and it took me away from being able to organically rank content, which was what I was good at yep. because I was spending time on Pinterest and then I even hired a gal to run my Pinterest. And I realized I stepped back from all of that and realized, okay, I need to focus on what I'm good at um, and get those fundamentals down, get that locked down and then I can expand. And in my expansion, I led to, I've gone to YouTube a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but being when I was beginning it, it just was so much info throwing at me. You need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, that yeah. it was really overwhelming. I just learned to take one piece at a time um, rather than try to do all of these different tra- ways to get traffic. Just one piece at a time and focus on that. And I think you'll have a lot more success doing that than trying a bunch of different things. I agree. I, I did the opposite. I, I read everything. I read every strategy. I, I tried driving from, from social. Um, I tried every link building strategy. Um, you just got to focus. You, you've got to be very good at one thing. I was always yeah. good at writing content. Um, and then, you know, once you learn decent keyword research and decent on-page, um, then at least you have content that can rank. And then it's just a case of one backlink strategy. Get good at one thing. Um, 100%. And uh, yeah, you need, you need awareness of everything but don't try and get great at everything because it's just impossible. So with that being said, I mean, I, I'm happy purchasing services from, from other people. I've tried the, the team building stuff. What are your thoughts on, on, on uh, yourself uh, creating you know, standard operating procedures for the things that you're doing and, and hiring other people to get involved? Is that something, is that a direction that you think you'll go, go in? I, I, yes, yes. Um, I don't know exactly when, I, I think I'll know when when the when the time comes, uh, but yes, I would like to move in that direction. Um, I, I I just I'm trying to get more of these under my belt, trying out some different things, just so that when I do have a team under me, I can give very clear direction and know for sure what works and doesn't work. Um, I've only been doing this what, a year and a half. You've been doing it for six years, so I'm still in in infancy stage, I guess you could call it. Um, so every day, just trying to employ different tactics, learn more, figure out what doesn't work, what works, um, so that when I do have a team around me, we can just hit the ground running, and hopefully everything we do works. And having that team is, what's your kind of like, uh, where do you want to be in, in, say, three three years' time? Do you want to um, have a portfolio of sites that you yes. are, are holding for the longer term, or you want you think you'll continue to focus on on buying and selling with shorter timeframes where what point do you, do you want to end up? Do you think I would like a portfolio of sites that I'm holding for the long term, with maybe a couple that you sell off here and there. If you either want capital or liquidate or things like that, but definitely a portfolio of sites. My whole, my whole goal of buying a site originally was to buy a site that could pay for a pay off, pay a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always my goal. And I went into my first website purchase not with the intent to flip it. It's just that became a lucrative option. But I would love a portfolio of sites that are 
like I said, I think being invested in multiple things is good. So if I could be invested in real estate, but having sites that are paying for those mortgages, um, and maybe have those properties as rental properties, so have that income, I think mixing real estate and website investing together would just build a lot of long-term wealth. Yeah, I agree. I don't see any other asset class other than real estate um, that complements what I'm doing with uh, with website. Uh, you know, I'm getting involved with website investing. Um, I'm looking for the next, you know, waiting for the next uh, Bitcoin bull run. I, I made, yeah. <laughs> uh, made some money in 2017. Actually, uh, you know, got out at a relative high period. So um, nice. uh, I wasn't a hodler. <laughs> Uh, who have you know, anyone hodling the whole way through have, have got destroyed. Um, so uh, yeah, I learned a lot from that, and so I'm, I'm definitely looking to to get back in on, on the next one and make decent money there. But uh, and once you know what you're doing with with these crypto assets, once you understand the cycles, it is pretty easy to to make money. You just have to have discipline and know when to get in, and know when to get out, and and not to get greedy. So many people got greedy. But um, other than, other than that, I've looked at all the different asset classes. I imagine from some of your content that uh, you listen to an Invest Like a Boss podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right up there with, with one of my favorites. Um, yeah. I've learned a lot from those guys. But yeah, for, for me, websites and real estate, um, I, I, I don't think there's anything anything better. Website investing is, is obviously it's active. It generates uh, very high returns. Um, and then real estate is is passive and and far more stable. And I think those two together go very well. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of crossover uh, yeah. with people doing both and people in real estate finding out about these. Uh, I think you you were talking about it in terms of e real estate. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not aware of any better asset classes um, for short term and, and long term. I, I think they complement each other really well. I mean, real estate's proven over the decades to to be a, um, you know, offer a good return. Yes, there are bad years where the market just tanks and things like that, but it, it historically speaking, rebounds well. Um, so like like you said, I think they complement each other extremely well. It's just, it's kind of like a website purchase. Buying at the right time at the right price uh, kind of is everything. That's going to determine your profitability in lots of the cases. Yeah, that's very true. And, and the thing that, you know, I for me in terms of um, criteria for, for getting involved with a the flip, there, there needs to be obvious upside available so that once I plug my skill set over the first month or so um, and that's done, uh, if the site is responsive, that's going to give me, you know, like at least 30% uplift. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you can't really do that when you're buying an on, you know, a, a property that's that's on the market. There's no real um upside available in terms of the right. price like that you can't go in add i guess you know if, if i was valuing my skill set you know it would be the equivalent of doing some renovations on a house or adding yeah. an extra room but um th- that doesn't really exist with with real world real estate like it does with, with websites where a seller just isn't aware of something that they are not doing well or, or mistakes that they're making um mm-hmm. there's so much upside with going into the right deals. Yeah, I'm not aware of a better asset class for for generating, you know, quicker returns. And I you know, I kind of look at it. So I live in San Diego, I near live I live near the the ocean, right? And so you have the houses like on the water are 7 million million dollars. And you you know, every mile you step in the price goes down um, as you get inland. And I kind of look at website purchasing the same way. Those there's 
the waterfront web assets, you know, which are maybe the great domain names, um, excellent traffic. And then, you know, every day there gets less and less e-real estate to purchase just because it's being acquired. Um, sites are merging together, things like that. Domain names are getting taken, taken up. Um, you know, quality domain names get less every day. Um, at least dot coms, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so that's kind of how I looked at it was like looking at it kind of like real estate, but, but, but it's not, I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. Um, you, you just, you just saying that, uh, reminded me of a video on YouTube. Uh, it's a guy called Doug DeMuro. I don't know. Yeah. How you pronounce, do you know him? I, I, I'm really into cars. So I watch all his car reviews. Yeah, exactly. He's just got into reviewing real estate. Have you seen some of the, the he's only done a few videos. Have you seen them? No, I haven't. Yeah, I think one with San Diego. I think it's the one that I just uh, pulled up. Let me have a look at the description. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, he lives just uh, like 30 minutes north of me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He lives uh, yeah. Yeah, just north. He's, uh, he re is Oceanside, California. Is that San Diego? Yeah, I, so I live, um, yeah, I'm a couple miles below Oceanside. Oh, cool. All right, let me just drop this into, into Skype. You, you've, uh, I'll, put it in the show, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes too. He's a hilarious guy. Um, and yeah, he reviewed his four and a half million beach house in Oceanside, uh, just like he reviews the cars. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's awesome. So if anyone's listening and you just like a funny guy to review, like, and you're into cars, yeah. check out Doug. You're into cars? Yeah. I, I, uh, love to have a car collection one day. Yeah. I have some classic cars right now. Nothing worth a lot of money. Um, but, uh, you had, well, you had, you had some classic cars? Yeah, uh, 68 Galaxy, yeah. uh, Ford Galaxy convertible, which is great for cruising the coast. I'm into Porsche 911. Like I want to get a, not a classic, but like a, a modern era classic, like a 996 or a 997. Um, nice. I've done a lot of research. I, I know uh, exactly what, what I want. Uh, I recently got a mortgage. <laughs> so the, the agreement with the wife is to pay off the mortgage first before I get the Porsche. <laughs> yep, so, I think that, um, that's a smart idea. Yeah, well, I, I think so. Uh, so that, that's motivation. So uh, there, I, have, I have some clients that have nice cars. Uh, GT3 RS is one of them. But there's also financial ways to go about purchasing these like these really nice cars. And like I've had conversations with my CPA about it and things like that. Like obviously the cost is always going to outweigh tax benefits. But there are some tax benefits of of owning really nice cars. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just not like someone went out, I mean, maybe someone went out and spent $250,000 on a Lamborghini, but there's also a chance they took more of a financially savvy approach. Um, so there, there's, there's options, which I've, as I've been realizing that it's like, Oh, you know, that kind of makes it maybe more real, uh, one day. Yeah. I, I've been watching a lot more car videos. I, again, like I, I like to focus on, on niches and get expert at just one thing. Um, for me, Porsche 911 is, uh, is that car that, that does it for me. And, um, so yeah, I've been le learning about all the different models all the history, all the different, uh, you know, iterations. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then understanding the value of it and the fact that, um, you know, where they are on the depreciation curve, which ones mm -hmm. are starting to shoot up, which ones are undervalued. And I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like the Porsche 996, the one with the ugly headlights that copied from the Boxster, which totally like the uh, if we get um, even more geeky, like the 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 uh, 996.2, the second version actually has headlights that are uh, a lot less egg shaped and um, a lot more kind of classic. I actually think it looks really good, um, and you can pick those up 
like a really clean one, relatively low mileage over, over in UK for like £15,000, like definitely well under really? $20,000. $20, and this is now fully depreciated. You've got a sports car, you've got a 911, and it's going to go up. So I don't know whether it's like an asset in the way that we're talking with real estate. Um, I mean, obviously there's no income, but yeah. uh, it's it's definitely a place that you can park money and know that you're not going to lose it. My ideal plan is to buy a right buy the right car, drive it for a year, sell it. Maybe I didn't make any money, but yeah. I didn't lose any money. Yeah. So basically, I just paid for insurance and fuel for a year and had a really sweet car, and then buy another one the following year. And um, I think I watch a um, YouTube video called VinWiki. Yeah, they have some great car content, and everyone always says, "Hey, if you make money on a car, that is, you know, pretty pretty awesome." But if you can getting out for without losing money, like that's pretty common if you make the right purchase. I'm just trying to find that there was a guy who who did a a, a big trip around a bunch of states in America and a, with a with a buddy. He's got a, a big car channel, um, and they were living in it. They were like camping out in the 911 and they ended really? up selling selling it for a profit. And uh, yeah, like wish I'd wish I'd known about this. Also, like if, if I were your age, uh, like. The whole van life stuff I find really appealing, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to my inner inner hippie. Um, yeah. I just think it's genius. Like you, you've just killed your expenses. Uh, you've got freedom. You can invest all the money that you're earning. You're not paying rent. You're not paying a mortgage. Um, yeah, there's 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 so many cool alternative ways of living now. Um, maybe I don't know, like van life is something you could explore with Money Nomad. It's probably some keywords around that. It's very popular on YouTube. But I guess yeah. these guys don't really have much money, so I don't know how you monetize. But <laughs> that, that, that's that's kind of funny. Well, you know, San Diego's big surf community, so there's always those guys in their vans just cruising up and down the coast, just just yeah. surfing at Baja and things like that. And uh, yeah, we see that pretty often. That's awesome. Again, I, I live in the UK, so van life isn't really a thing because really? why would you want to live in a van when it rains all the time? <laughs> you know, I've never been to the UK. I've been to Europe, but never been to the UK. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it's beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. UK, UK is great, but um, yeah, people who who are who are living uh, converted their van, um, then they're, they're not here. They're in Spain, you know. <laughs> they're, they're traveling in mainland Europe, where it's a uh, much better, much better climate. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Great to talk, man. Um, yeah. yeah, we're at the hour stage. Let's uh, let's wrap this up. Um, yeah, any other comments? Otherwise, let people know where the best place to reach out to you is. You know, just. If you have an idea, don't be afraid to go for it. Maybe it's like an e-commerce idea or a website idea, or maybe it's even a brick and mortar idea. Whatever it is, just don't don't be afraid. Just go for it, trial and error, um, and you know you never know what can come of it. If I can help you in any way, or you know offer you some guidance, shoot me an email, Zach with an H, so Z A C H at MoneyNomad.com. Um, happy happy to share my two cents about whatever it is. Um, you know, I hope to hear some other website success stories soon from some of your uh, listeners. Thanks for coming on, Zach. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to get, get you back on in the future. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for the opportunity. Hey, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Show notes are at flippingwebsites.co slash money nomad. Uh, if you're an investor looking to get into this space, the uh, page to uh, have a call with myself and see if we can match you with... Uh, with a good website operator is at flippingwebsites.co slash operators. And uh, thanks again to Ahrefs for sponsoring this episode. Congrats, Raghu. 
If you're not already a member, make sure you join the Facebook group, search Flipping Websites on Facebook. And I look forward to speaking to you guys soon on the next episode. Cheers. (music) 